Welcome to Mudflap and Palmer We're Forced to Do a Podcast, a weekly bonus bit of the Mudflap and Palmer Show, starring Mudflap and Palmer. Reach out to us on Facebook or email mudflapandpalmer at gmail.com. Now, against their will and most people's wishes, here are Mudflap and Palmer. Episode number five, five is right here. Who knew we were going to last five episodes on the I, Mudflap and Palmer? We're forced to do a podcast. Podcast. I, we may ask that question every week. I asked that question last week when we did episode four, and I said, who knew we were going to last this long? And the answer is nobody. The answer is still nobody. Well, welcome to the podcast. It's Mudflap and Palmer from 99.3 The Cats. I am Palmer. I am Mudflap, and uh, we got some stuff to talk about today. Uh, first of all, I want to talk about the weather because... There is nothing more riveting than talking about the weather. And I mean that just in small talk. Hey, how about this weather, huh? But that's not what we're going to talk about. You gave me the germ of an idea this morning on the show. We're recording this on Thursday. We just had some tornadoes roll through big portions of, and and, and serious weather roll through big portions of our listening area, especially to the south of Florence. And we got to talking about this on the air. And you brought up an interesting point, and you were being funny, but you did bring up the fact that we live, obviously, in what is basically Hurricane Alley, and they've always named hurricanes since the 50s, I think it is, when they started naming them. Um, Then they started naming winter storms. Right, and they did that, and you're going, well, that doesn't really affect us. And and, And to be perfectly honest, a lot of the weather... People haven't really gotten on board with that yet. It was a very weather channel thing. Yes. It's been around for a couple of years, uh, and they name bigger winter storms names like they do with hurricanes. And you brought up an interesting point, especially with all the damage that was done by the storms that rolled through this week. Why don't they name summer storms? And what is the difference between naming a summer storm and naming a winter storm? And we were discussing this on the air, and it's worth bringing up because it's it's a valid question. My you only, know, you were joking, but it's yeah. a valid question. My only thought on this is is because there, winter storms seem to crawl, and you have more of a heads up, and these seem to pop up a little bit quicker and move faster. And I thought that, and I sort of agree with that. Yeah. But the other part is we do know a day or two in advance, if you're going to get a line of storms, a front rolling through, you know that there's some severe weather. You say, hey, it's Tuesday, Thursday, we may get some severe thunderstorms. Spring storm Charlie's on the way. Yeah. I mean, why not, right? They're bored. I mean, they have nothing else to do between the winter and hurricane season. Think about it. I mean, they have to earn that six figures, and I think this is the way to do it. You can't just have a part-time job. You're not like a major league baseball player or a football player where you're, you know, on the job for six months out of the year and off the job for six months out of the year. No, you're a weatherman. You got to talk about something, and especially around here because we don't get winter storms. Right. That's a very northeast thing. So from November to May, you have nothing. Nothing. Not a thing. They're making up stuff. You may get one ice storm, and that's about it. Sure. So nationwide, they talk about, hey, winter storm Charlie is rolling through the Midwest right now. Does not affect us. However, and I don't even know why they bother naming them, to be perfectly honest with you. Historically speaking, hurricanes last uh, from a couple of days to a month. Right. You know, you know their lifespan. That You know they're coming so well in advance. And historically speaking, from a meteorological standpoint, it's interesting and, and, and convenient to be able to refer to Hurricane Hugo or Hurricane Florence. 
or whatever. But storms are really just a matter of days. No ma- even the longest storm, winter storm, is mm-hmm. a matter of days for it to crawl across the country, leave its destruction in its wake, and move on its merry way. So what is the actual point? Is the point of naming winter storms to give these meteorologists something to talk about? Is that what the point is? Because what would be the value of it? Well, it's hard just to say, hey, there's a winter storm coming, and it's, you know, to, to get that, that the fear-mongering uh, nah, up and going. See? Because if you can name something, it will mean something. See, I, I figured if I kept hammering this button that you would eventually rise to the bait. Well, well, it's not even a bait thing for me. I mean, but that's the reason why it's easier to market. Hey, coming up tonight at 6, more on winter storm, kill storm. And See, now you name them like that. Well, the and first I'm, I'm round. Paying attention. Well, the first round they named them after like Greek gods. Right. It's like you know, Zeus, Storm and, Zeus, yeah. Storm, whatever. I mean, it's easier to market that way outside of the normal. Hey, we got a winter storm coming in a little bit later on tonight at six. I'll give you all the details. It's a lit, and then you could put the dramatic music behind it. I mean, the it's graphics. A, yeah, it's a big production. So I mean, th- I see why they did it. Okay, now let's take it and extrapolate a little bit say let's say they decided to do spring and summer storms okay uh i think maybe the maybe the confusion maybe the reason they don't do this is because spring and summer storm season overlaps with hurricane season and then you're naming two things yeah okay let's say you have a hurricane andrew look the cone of uncertainty can only be used per season maybe you number them that's another thing i don't understand about meteorologists we have the cone of uncertainty where basically we are going to be absolutely wrong. But we told you if we make the cone of uncertainty wide enough, we were right. Here's the thing that, and and I brought this up to Ed Piotrowski, uh, our local weatherman last year uh, on Twitter. I said, look, there's a reason why people question weather people, other than the fact that your track record doesn't have to be all that great in order for you to be calling yourself a professional. On top of that, You actually state this up front when you're talking about a hurricane, which is a massive storm and will be around for a while. You say, well, we have this cone of uncertainty. You branded that. You already put doubt in people's minds about the cone of uncertainty. And I told him, I said, I think (laughs) you'll turn the tide and more people will get behind you, weather people. If you called it the cone of confidence. Yes, as in confident, we don't know where it's going. No, we are confident it is going in this direction. Now, there is some wiggle room for error several days out, but we are confident in the cone of confidence. Remember, you speak it into existence. You say, I project an aura of uh, authority and knowledge. That's by calling it that you definitely foster that you put yes. that seed there where you go. They really don't know what they're talking about because I'll because that's there. your starting point. Yeah, because you know back in the day you go, ah, oh, it's going to turn, it's going to turn, right. it's going to turn, and they're going. Well, it could go this way or it could go this way. I mean, it's like every possible route they have mapped out, and they have no clue which way it's going. And I get it; it's not their fault. But at the same time, they're the ones delivering the information and the ones making six figures to deliver these this That's information. That's the part that really gets you. Well, it pisses me off because <laughs> I would love I would love it if my manager came in here. Unvarnished Ed Palmer here. <laughs> I would love it if my manager came in here and go, Hey, I I need that project done. Well, my cone of uncertainty is you could have it on Tuesday or maybe next June. <laughs> you know, that's your window. Look, I know some people around here work like that. Well, there's a lot of people that work like that. <laughs> but here's the thing. 
when you and call- then people on Facebook go on there. Oh, thank you so much for all the wrong information. It drives me insane. That's why I post it. I'm like, why are you thanking them? <laughs> they were wrong. And now, now all the toilet paper's gone, the bread's gone, and there's no milk to be found anywhere. That's what pisses me off about the whole thing. The cone of confidence. And if you just start from that positive place. See, but they're not going to do that because the cone of confidence sounds like they know what they're talking about. Right. They should be projecting, even if they don't. And the other, the other ridiculous thing to me is, and it drives me insane, there's 19 different, at least 19 different hurricane models out there. So depending on which model you're looking at, this it's going that's the thing you know what and if, i've never really thought about that before but I, it's always kind of thrown me well you be, you know and they the so-called spaghetti models you have you know the, the european one right and then you have the american one so it makes you ask the question what is so different about the science right that each one of these uses to come up with their calculations because typically the european and the american models are so different how can there be more than one kind of science you agree that this is the best way to go and that's your model yeah you're you're absolutely right and i never really thought about that i was kind of just shrugged my shoulders at it but with covid and everything like that we heard people trust the science that was the big phrase right. all right well which science well, you used one methodology to get the European model, one methodology to get the whatever model. Was it the GPS? Or, yeah, or what and, then, is it and you have literally like 12 different models. How can you do 12 different kinds of sciences? How do you justify that? So, yeah, there's a lot of questions, even now in 2022, that whether people have some stuff to answer for. Mm. And I say this, full disclosure for those that don't know, that I spent four years within meteorology when I was in the military. And got out of it when I got out of the military when I was 22. So I did get my start in that. I know a little bit about it. But, yeah, there's a lot of uncertainty in meteorology that probably shouldn't be there too much anymore. You would think. Yeah. You would think that we would have this narrowed down. At the very least, at the very least, here's what you do. Let's say we have 12 models that we use and all of them say different things. Well, you know what? The GFS. It was driving me nuts. The uh, you, you take those 12 models and you, and you backtrack and you go, which one of these was the most correct? And then you say, this one has the best track record. This is the one we're going to go with. Which we have to go with the European model because nine times out of ten, that one's more accurate than the GFS. I didn't start this bit trying to get frustrated. Then you got frustrated. Then I'm thinking, now I'm getting you frustrated. You brought this bit up to make me mad. Uh, I, well, now I'm mad. <laughs> That's all you did. I'm mad, and you're probably laughing about I'm it. I'm mad that weather people make what they make, and they're wrong most of the time, and especially with big storms. You know, local forecasts, they, they pretty much, well, it's spot on. But when you get into these major weather events, they're wrong a lot of the, most of the time. All right, let's lighten the mood a little bit. Oh, I'm lightened. This is something, I don't think you are. <laughs> this is something that we had talked about um, briefly, not even on the air, but amongst ourselves. And explain to me again, because you actually uh, came to me with this, I think it was last Monday, and you said, oh, here's something we should probably talk about. And it's our top five Kids show themes. Like cartoon theme songs. Cartoon theme or kids shows. I'm mm-hmm. going to include kids shows in that, like okay. live action kids shows as sure. well. Um, but stuff that you remember as a kid. And I'm going to actually expand this a little bit because I'm going to say that at least one of my choices comes from being a parent of a child. Oh, and, well, yeah, mine too. Okay. So it's not from our childhood, but it is a, it fits all the other categories. It checks all the other boxes. Sure, you can add whatever you want to. Exactly. It. So what we're going to do is give our top five from five to one, alternating, 
and uh, maybe give you a little uh, sound clip of how uh, some of these sound as well. So if we start this list of the top five kids' show themes, and hold on a second, I actually want to launch this correctly. We don't do politics. I think we should have like a no politics zone. But we do love to argue. Look at us, we're already fighting. Well, that's what we do. It's time for Mudflap and Palmer's Top 5. All right, now that we've actually had the opening theme for our top five. Wow, it's like a professional podcast. Easy now. Don't get all carried away. You've got a voice guy. Uh, <laughs> we have a budget for that? Uh, shh, I'm not going to tell you where I got that. Okay. Anyway, uh, top five kids show themes, and we'll start with number five. Work our way to number one, and you'll go sure. first. Uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Now, is this the theme from the cartoon, the movie? The or- cartoon. This has not. Does this have anything to do? Because this was out of my age range. Mm-hmm. Does this have anything to do with that hip hop song that came out in the early nineties? Absolutely not. It's not that. No, no, no. Okay. It's it's when you when we play it here, okay. a little clip of it, you'll you'll hear what I'm talking about. Gotcha. But it's the kind of the original theme song. Now, how old were you when this was on? Because this does this. Was this? this kind of meshes in between me and my brother. Where there's a ten year gap there, so he, he's younger. Yeah, he's younger, okay. and so I had a lot of watch. You absorbed a lot of the things that he was watching. Sure. The only thing I really I appreciated one the cartoon was great, mm-hmm. but the theme song just came hard. And I seem to remember what what was the was this early nineties late eighties? Sure. You don't you don't know, do you? I don't have. Why <laughs> are you asking me what year? All right. This one has a lot of great memories for me. Because when my daughters were both young, and they're uh, two years apart, so they would have been one and three or two and four, whatever, they would love this show. 1987. It was 87? Yes. Okay. So I was 17. Acceptable, especially if your brother was seven. And let's be honest, I watch cartoons to this day, so you know, I I don't care. There's no shame in that. I don't care. (laughs) This cartoon is actually really, really good to the point where... I wish it's not on Disney Plus, and I don't understand why, because this is a brilliant show. Um, when this theme song would come on, and the show would come on, my daughters and I, we would all dance together every single time, and we would sing along with this theme song when they were you know, again one, two, three, four, five, six years old. Sure, we're talking about the House of Mouse. Direct from downtown Main Street, it's Disney's House of Mouse. Who's that knocking at the House of Mouse? I tried to watch that, and the I tried to get my kids into it, and they just were not buying it. The House of Mouse, for those that don't know, is a Disney. Uh, basically, they own a nightclub. Mickey and Minnie, and all the characters from all the different movies would show up in here and, and have little shorts and interact and be members of the crowd. There's always something going on, yes, and then they would like. Throw it to a cartoon. And the theme song was great because it was sung by the guy who used to be with the Stray Cats. So it had that very mm-hmm. kind of uh, yeah. Zoot Suit Riot kind of sound to it. Sure. Uh, as you can hear. Uh, House of Mouse, my number five. And just because all the great memories of me and my daughters. Okay. Number I, four. I appreciate that. Inspector Gadget. Oh, that's that, a good one. That was such a banging, banging hit that's a good i almost enjoyed the open more than i enjoyed the show because you knew the show was going to be the same period okay so matthew broderick i'm played i know no hold up matthew broderick played inspector gadget in the movies yes 
Did they use the same song as they did with the cartoon? Because the cartoon I never was, saw the movie. The cartoon was kind of iconic. I couldn't get behind the movie mm. because I'm one of those people that just leave the cartoon alone. That's that's one that definitely did not need to be made, and especially in the time it made because the CGI just didn't support it. Right. I think if they did it now, it'd be amazing. Sure. But back then, not so much. All right, my number four is, and this is before your time, Banana Splits. Do you remember? I remember it only because that at the open where they were all running around mm-hmm. scared the absolute hell out of me. <laughs> That's the only thing I knew. I knew these big, creepy, okay, weeded out looking characters. And this is the age group, uh, the age difference that we have. I'm five years older than you. So, well, I got into it as like a seven-year-old or whatever. You were two going, oh my God. Yeah. I mean, these were like the rejects from Disney and, and they threw them in a theme park somewhere. Go back and watch it now and you go... They're all on drugs. <laughs> yes. Every one of them is high. And this is what they put on TV for kids around 1970. I'm like, are you kidding me? So banana splits, that is my number four. What's your number three? All right. My number three is SpongeBob SquarePants. Are you ready, kids? Aye, aye, Captain. I can't hear you. Aye, aye, Captain. Oh, who lives in a pineapple under the sea? SpongeBob SquarePants. And yellow and porous is he. Love it. Yep. It was catchy. You, as soon as you knew, I mean, my kids watched it, so obviously I heard it a lot, mm-hmm. and especially on Nickelodeon where they could play back to back to back to back to back. And you episodes. can sing along with it. Sure, you it's, can sing along with it. Who doesn't want to sing along? I mean, me with my passing knowledge of SpongeBob SquarePants can sing along with that. So yeah, it sticks great. in your head. I'm gonna go old school again. Actually, I'm gonna go old school for all the rest of them. Some of these you're gonna be real familiar with. Maybe some not so much. Okay. No, no you're on board with all these. I think uh, my number three is the monkeys. Here we come, walking down the street. We get the funniest looks from everyone we meet. Hey, hey, we're the monkeys. And people say we're monkeys. Now, I watched that when I was real little, so because I was three and four in the late 60s. Yeah, I wasn't aware that right. they had one. Exactly. But the monkeys theme, and of course, I remember you the, absorb it later. I remember the TV show that they had, right? And my daughter, uh, hey hey, with a monkey. Yeah. I'm sorry, my sister loved them for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. And, and the best thing ever, she would tape them on VHS so she could watch them later. And so I would just take a magnet and run it over the, the VHS, and so you would get bits and parts of it. It wouldn't erase the whole thing, so it just looked like the VHS because I because I was a kid and she was four years You're younger a jerk. than me. Yeah, I know, kind of. <laughs> I appreciate it, and she never figured it out. Oh, no. That, that's what we would do. We would just wow. take one of those big stereo magnets and just r- r- rip it across the VHS tape. That is so wrong. And it would just erase enough of everything to make it unwatchable. That's really wrong. What is your number two? Uh, Scooby-Doo, where are you? my list 
Yes. I yes. almost put that on my list. You know what? I'll, I'll give that an asterisk, like sort of like an honorable mention, only because the theme song was great. But I loved the music they played in the chase scenes. Yes. When they were running back and forth, they always run back and forth across the hallway. As a matter of fact, if you go on YouTube, they have that music there. Oh, yeah. Along with the sound effects and everything that went along with it. And it's all instrumental. There's oh, no yeah, talking. Yeah, not just the theme song, which yeah. you're hearing, but also all the, the songs the chase they played. Scenes the chase and everything else. Yeah. God I, bless. That was like some was of the great. best stuff. And Casey Kasem played Shaggy. Yes, he did. So there you go. All right. So my number two is a classic. It's one everybody knows. Sesame Street. Is that a cartoon? No, but I but we've already I, I established that it's not shows. a cartoon. Yeah. It's a kids show. The monkeys wasn't a cartoon. Yeah, that's right. the banana splits wasn't a cartoon. Yeah, so you have no cartoons on here. That's uh, the reason House why House of Mouse was a cartoon. That was about the only one. That's right. Wow. So you really followed this list. Actually, I got a cartoon coming up. I'm, I'm stunned. At number one, because you ran out of those shows. No, <laughs> I told you ahead of time. I just expanded a little. Bit. A you lot. could have done it. He expanded a lot. I didn't know. Childhood type stuff. No, he, we said For cart- example. Before no. we walked into this podcast, no, no. here's what was said. We're going to do the cartoon theme songs. And then as we started the podcast, he dropped that in on there. Yeah. Because he didn't have any cartoons to talk about. Look, this is how the show goes every how you day. Doing? How you doing? My name is Mr. Arbitrary. No doubt. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So my number two is Sesame Street. Okay. What is your number one? It's DuckTales. Life is like a That is the best cartoon theme song, period. And it's only a minute long, but that thing is just, it's just a banger. I don't, I don't know how else to say it. I mean, even when you go back and listen to it, it just gets stuck in your head, and it's just, it's so fluent. So I, I love that one. I could, honestly, if they put that on an album, I would, I would listen to it on repeat. This is my number one. Saturday mornings, Bugs Bunny Roadrunner Hour. It was part of that Warner Brother block where they had, you know, Bugs and Daffy and all this other stuff. But there was a specific part of it that had its own theme song. Was that the one that goes like Roadrunner, if he catches you, yes, you're through? Yes, that's okay, it. Okay, okay. That's it. I got you. Playing it right now. I can get on board with that. Yeah, that's... Uh, and before we did the podcast, I went and found it and listened to it again and went, it's as great as I remember it. Yeah. Let me tell you something. When you heard that, if one of your brothers or sisters was watching that on set and Saturday morning, when like in the other room, and let's say you were still in bed or whatever, oh, it was time to get up. Roadrunner was the bomb. Yeah. I mean, and the theme song was, as you were saying, bang it. That that was my favorite hour on television. Oh, absolutely. You know, growing up, and I look forward to the Bugs Bunny Roadrunner show. Um, there were other... Honorable mentions I want to throw out there. Uh, some you'll know, some you won't know. Wacky Races. I used to love that. Had that had a theme song? I'm pretty sure they did because it had the dog laughing in it at one point. Dick Dastardly and his dog. Snidely. Snidely Whiplash? Or was it Dick Dastardly? I don't know. Or were they both? Are they the same person? I know Snidely was either a villain or a dog, and I can't remember which. Underdog had like... I wouldn't say it was a theme, but they had an open that actually had a little bit of music to it, but it was in a narrator. Hong Kong Fooey was great. Hong Kong Fooey. You and I, actually, earlier in the week, you and I just heard that in the studio. We played that on YouTube. Yep. Hong Kong Fooey was great. Scatman which, which blew my mind that Hong Kong Fooey was only, like, what, 19 episodes? Yeah. And I felt like every time I watched it, it was a new episode. And I don't know why I thought that, because I, I guess I was young. 
And yeah. I never realized that I was watching, you know, hey, here's this episode four for the 19th time. Magilla Gorilla had a theme song. I like Magilla Gorilla. No, nah, that was a big pass for me. Oh, Magilla Gorilla for sale. Come on, man. No, that was a very that was some good stuff. Very big pass for me. We and you got to throw Pokemon in there, too, because that is. Is that a theme song? Yeah. What's the theme song? It's a big theme song. Tell me. Sing it. Come it's, on, give me a little It's the one where it says Pokemon, got to catch them all. And it, I know it, the it phrase. Goes, I don't know the song. Oh, there, yeah, there's a big. That's where they got the phrase from. Really? Was from the song. Don't know the Pokemon themes. I don't know the Pokemon themes. Come on, man. Get it together. So anyway, that's our top five list of the top five kids show themes. Ed Palmer's is a little suspect. Mine's rock solid. You didn't choose any cartoons. Uh, House of Mouse, Bugs Bunny, Roadrunner. Those are cartoons. Two out of the five ain't bad. That's right. Hey, you're exactly. like the weatherman. No, two out of five ain't bad. Think about that. If you're a major league baseball player and you bat 400, which is what that is, two out of five, you're in the Hall of Fame. So there you go. That's pathetic. All right, we got one more thing to talk about real quick. And I want to talk about, and we've, we've talked about, and we've said this in the podcast before, we are all about honesty. We believe, and you've used the term transparency, which is not a bad thing. One of the things that we have tried as much as we could do over the course of our radio careers together and separately is to represent as honestly as we possibly could who we are. Yes, his name's really not Ed Palmer. Yes, my name's really not Mudflab. So there's that, which is we start from a from a position of lies. <laughs> we right? sit on a throne of lies. <laughs> we do sit on a throne of lies, <laughs> as Elf said. Yeah. We exaggerate on occasion, but we try to represent more so than most people on the radio or even on TV who our honest selves are. When we talk about opinions, when we talk about things, how we feel about various things, we are giving you our honest opinions. Good, I agree. Good, bad, or otherwise. Sure. Which brings me to this. We both started out in country music in the 90s. I will tell you up front that country music is not my music genre of choice. Oh, no. I learned to adapt to it. I learned to like a lot of it. Same. But as far as, let me put it this way, when I was growing up, I was listening to pop and disco and rock. And if you put something like Kenny Rogers on or whatever, I just held my nose and said, no, country music just I was part of the British invasion. I like The Cure and and all that new wave. That five-year gap between the late 70s and the early 80s. Sure. Both of us have made our livings working within the country music field. And we know a lot of country music artists. Yes, we know country artists. But here's the thing, and this is a good indicator right here. We call it the iPod of love. I have an iPod that has over 10,000 songs on it. The number of country songs on that iPod are probably less than 100, and they are basically stuff that crossed over to the pop field. Well, honestly, he doesn't know what's on the iPod of love. He just dumps a bunch of music on there, and he's surprised. It's like listening to the radio. He doesn't know what's coming up. There's a benefit to that. <laughs> he has no clue. There's a benefit to that. I would say that a lot of the stuff I put on there just as kind of a catalog. It's a collection. It's like, oh, these are all the songs that charted. Some I like, some I don't like, some I don't even I love know. riding in the car with him because he'll have it on and you're like, nope, don't want that one. Don't want that one. Don't want that. I mean, it's the like. The fast forward, forward button gets a workout. skipping like he's on YouTube. Yes, the fast forward button gets a workout. But here's the thing. We're honest about it. Even on the air. And, and if anybody that actually employed us ever listened to us and they don't, we know that they would have a problem with what we do. Because from the get. When I first got into country music radio, I've been told by numerous consultants 
that you must be a, and the phrase is something we've used on the air is you must be a cheerleader for the format. No yeah. matter what comes out country music wise, if we're playing it, it must be the best thing ever. We can't live like that. I can't do that. It's I not can't who, do that either. It's, it's not, not who me. I am because one, it's disingenuous. Um, because if I sit here and tell you that every single song that we play on the radio is the best song that's ever come out of Nashville, mm-hmm. that's a complete and total lie. And I feel like maybe that worked back in the 1960s, the 70s, even the 80s. Sure. Um, but where you have the field of where people can go everywhere else to listen to the radio, we all know that they're not just loading up our playlist and playing it. Radio, country radio, was based on lies. And I'll tell you why I say this. Because not only is there this, which we talked about, a lot of the DJs either don't like country music or like it but like other stuff as well, but they're supposed to say, I'm hardcore country, I don't listen to anything else but country. That is what we were brought into this business that was the era. believing. That sure. was the marching orders from people who hired us. But here's the other thing. Also, and I've had bosses that tell me this as well, it's like, Understand these people are hardcore country listeners and all they listen to is country. That couldn't be the furthest from the truth. And you'll see it on Facebook. Hey, yeah. what's your favorite song right now? You'll get some people saying, Well, it's not the latest from Miranda Lambert, it's Cody Jenks or Upchurch or something from Ed Sheeran or Yeah, or exactly. You know. Exactly or hip hop or whatever. Right. People have a varied taste palette. And it's kind of like it to equate it as like if you worked at Burger King and you think that every single thing that's made there from the Whopper down to the chicken sandwich, down to their fries, down to everything is the best thing you've ever eaten in your life. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of what we run up against sure. as far as talking about music. And obviously there are some artists that we, we like, really like. Sure. And then there are some that we just don't. For example, you're a Keith Urban fan. Love Keith Urban. Yeah, you're a but Keith even Urban I'll fan. tell you that everything that like. You're not a fan of his latest. No, I don't like Wild Hearts. Right. I think that's just being pushed by Nashville right now for no particular reason outside of the fact that it's Keith Urban. I'm a fan. Uh, I've always liked uh, Dwight Yoakam. I've always liked uh, Blackhawk. I mean, from the older country. Uh, these days, I am a Morgan Wallen fan. I like Morgan Wallen a lot. I like Luke Combs a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Thomas Rhett is definitely up there for me right now. I, oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I, I love the song Slow Down Summer. But we're going to be honest with you on the air and certainly on the podcast and in real life, we're going to tell you exactly what we think. If you ask our opinion, I'm going to tell you, I don't particularly care. For example, give me a song you don't like that's on the radio. Doing this. Doing this by Luke Combs. Luke Combs. Now. It's just slow. It's drudgy. It goes on forever. It's a four minute and four second song that probably could be sung in two minutes. And it's just, it. when I listen to it, it just, as they say, stops the station. Sure. Any momentum that was going on with, you played a fast song and then there's this. It is like when you're at the dance club and you are rocking out on the, and then all of a sudden the DJ goes, and here's a slow song. Yeah, time to go to the bathroom. And I love Luke Combs, all of his sure, other stuff, sure. but this one just doesn't do it for me. I mean, if I were to pick a song right now on the radio that I don't like, uh, I'm not a big fan of the Cody Johnson. LV Shane, my boy, just made me cringe. You know, we're going to tell you straight out. I mean, if you love those songs, fantastic. Good on you. We play them uh, because. We know that there are a lot of people that like these songs. Love the new Tim McGraw. Uh, 7,500 That one I'm kind of neither here nor there on. That one I like a lot. Slow Down Summer always surprises me because I always hear it in the studio. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I hear it in the car, I can't believe how much bass is in that song. <laughs> I mean, literally. Considering it's a slower song. Yeah. I mean, literally, if you jack that thing up, people are going to think you're listening to rap. I mean, that, that thing thumps hard. Okay. So what we're trying to tell you here is you're going to get 
Honesty. Pretty much uh, our honesty guarantee. Now, again, be aware there are times we will exaggerate for entertainment's effect. For example, if I say something like, oh, it's the month of the woman, so more of you get out there in the kitchen and make me a sandwich. I mean, I don't really mean that. I mean, I wouldn't mind it, but I don't mean it. Wow. <laughs> no, but we've said stuff like that. I know I've said stuff no, like you that have said, You have said stuff like that. But in a joking fashion. Yeah. I mean, I have two daughters and a wife, so yeah. I'm not going to be dissing women anytime soon. It wouldn't be in your... I mean, I'd be looking for a new co-host. <laughs> exactly. I'd be dead. I would be dead. I, I know Dina you know, watches those murder mysteries and she and serial killers. She can probably dispose of a body. You know, I, seriously, I don't consider them to be like murder mystery documentaries anymore. I consider them how-tos, and I'm a little worried. I would be. So anyway. Because I work with you. I can't yeah. imagine living with one you. One thing is, if we entertain you, great, but the one thing you're, you're almost always guaranteed to get from us is honesty. We're going to be honest with you if you ask our opinion about music or about anything else. Um, which is one of the reasons why we don't talk about politics on the show because so many people have I so, hate it. well, he, he hates it. I'm interested in it, but I don't want to give my opinions on the radio because I know that some of my opinions will be stuff that people feel strongly against. Some of my stuff will be stuff other, that other people feel strongly against. Mm -hmm. And the, the, the risk that you run there is this isn't our radio station. So we we're not have, looking to make advertisers mad or right, anything or, else or, like or that. Or listeners mad. We're trying right. to gain advertisers and sure. gain listeners. So when it comes to the controversial stuff, chances are you're not going to hear us talk about that. It. And everybody and their brothers talking about it already. And there's honestly it's talked out. And honestly, there's nothing we can add to it. No, because I guarantee you something that he says or I say has been said before. Exactly. Uh, just uh, not assigned to either one of us. And actually, that's the way we like it because. If you have opinions, that's awesome, and everybody's entitled. And to be honest, I would rather lay down in the middle of five points and have cars run me over than talk about politics. That's more honesty right there. Anyway, thanks so much for listening to our podcast. This is episode number five. You can reach out to us on social media. You can also reach out to us uh, via email, mudflapandpalmer at gmail.com. You can hear our show Monday through Friday, uh, 6 a.m. to 10 a.m., on the app or on 99.3 The Cat. Oh. All right, so y'all have a wonderful week. Thanks for listening to Episode 5, and uh, we'll catch you again next Friday with a new episode, Episode 6 of Mudflat and Palmer. We're forced to do a podcast. And that's a wrap. Thanks for checking out the Mudflap and Palmer We're Forced to Do a Podcast podcast. A new episode goes live every Friday. So check back then. If you need more of the guys, you can hear Mudflap and Palmer in the PD on 99.3 The Cat weekday mornings from 6 to 10 a.m. and around the world via the Cat Country app. Have a great week.